Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Marketing Agency Show, where we explore solutions to the biggest challenges faced by agencies. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for joining me for the Marketing Agency Show, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Brooke Sellis, and this is the show for agency owners and agency marketers. We explore the topics that no one else is talking about. So pull up a seat to the table and let's have a great conversation. Today, I'll be joined by Jenny Steven, a longtime marketer and expert in the entertainment and gaming space. Also, if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow the show so you don't miss any of our future content. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's transition over to this week's guest, Jenny. To help explore the frontier of working at and growing agencies, here is this week's expert guide. Hey, everybody. Today, I am so excited to be joined by Jenny Steven. Jenny has created Clio Consulting back in 2004 to act as an inside digital marketing resource for entertainment companies. She's worked with numerous digital agencies in executive roles, producing award-winning campaigns for both Fortune 500 clients and entertainment and gaming clients. Very cool. Jenny, Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. I'm so excited to chat with you today. And I just have to start out by saying we we have I have a pre-call with all of the guests who are on the show. And I was just blown away when we were talking in our pre-call about some of the exciting things that you've done in the entertainment and gaming industry. So I can't wait to have this conversation unfold for everybody to listen in on. So first things first, always the first question. What made you decide to take the leap and start your own agency? It's funny because at the time I had worked my way up in production and I, my background's TV production and then I fell into digital. And I was at an agency, second or third agency that I'd been at, and I was frustrated with the inability to work with clients directly. I was frustrated with the 
14 layers I had to go to talk about. And I was at the time, I was a director of production and I was frustrated that my teams couldn't contact and work with Paramount directly. And I was just, it was too frustrating. And two of the people on my team, on my creative team, one was a designer, one was a developer at the time, said, well, why don't you go off and start your own consultancy? We'll follow you. And I was not, I, what? what? I don't know. I mean, I like doing this. And they said, right, you love doing this. So go do it the way you want to. And it took about three months for me and other friends in those teams to show me that they would follow me, that they would go with me. Not that they would leave the agency, but they would do creative and development consulting for me, basically. And I started asking questions. I went around and I talked to potential clients and I talked to existing clients and they all said the same thing. We would love it if you would do that. We would rather be direct. And that was the trigger for me to do it. I love that so much. And I just, it's so interesting, the world in which you've worked. I love gaming, by the way. I'm a huge, so if you're listening or watching Tears of the Kingdom that just came out with Zelda, oh my God, so good. <laughs> Fascinating gameplay. The open world is like insane. Oh, anyhow, so but this is about you. So you were in the entertainment industry. It was messy. I think a lot of industries are. And you were like, kind of told like, hey, get, get it on your own terms and start asking these questions, but do it because you're so good at what you do. So next question is, are you still serving those same entertainment and gaming clients or have you moved on to other clients as well? So gaming clients I moved away from because at the time, which was the mid 2000s and late 2000s, it got very openly misogynistic, not to go down that road, but it was just, it was not what I wanted to be doing. And it wasn't the reason I left, right? It was, I want to work with these clients. And then I had a lot of friends who were super dedicated and committed to those gaming clients. And I just stepped back from that. And that's, they took those over. So instead, what I focused on was entertainment in terms of, honestly, geek sci-fi franchises, which I was a fan of already, and just dove into that. And I went after those clients myself. Oh, fascinating. That's so cool. A fellow geek here. So <laughs> I fell from the backpack. I mean, it's just, I was already that from a kid. And so to actually yeah. not just get to start my own business, but to go after clients that were creating the content that I loved. Oh yeah. That was not a problem for me. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. Well, so we also talked about as you've had your career develop and you've gotten to work with all of these amazing people, amazing brands, amazing agencies, you kind of said that there are really four personality types that you feel like are suited to be an agency owner, right? So you called them progressives, creatives, the curious, and the innovators. So can we kind of dig in to those four personality types, but start with how did you start to identify these as ideal traits for marketing agency owners? Oh, you stumble into it. I mean, I think that's true for so much of what we do in this business is that you've got your own experience, you are going through it, you're trying to learn as you go through it, whatever it is that you want to do. And, and we change what we want to do, obviously. And as you do that, you have to be or start to be self-aware. What are the personality traits that I have that are successful? And then there's a bit of a melding there. If you are curious about what it is that you are good at, if you are curious about 
well, you know what? I don't really know what I want to do in this particular area. I know I love producing. What do I want to produce? Then you start to identify that in the people that you want to work with. So then what happens is you go process of elimination and you follow those paths. And what you start to find is that there are people who are successful at what they are doing within the agency ownership. And that covers a couple of different areas, right? It's not the person who starts the agency. It's that CFO, the CTO, and you might have a super small agency that you don't even have those titles, but those responsibilities fall to certain people. And the most successful ones that I've worked for were the ones that were able to be honest with themselves about what they were good at, period. I don't care if you were the owner, the creator, the creative director, the technology, the developer, you had to be self-aware at what you were good at and what you weren't good at. What did you bring to the table? It doesn't mean you can't grow, but at that moment, what is it that you're really good at? And then honestly, what is it that you want to do? And the ones that I found to be the most successful that I've worked for were constantly asking that question. They didn't stop asking that question when they started the agency. Or they started, for instance, there was two people that I worked for that started the digital marketing department at Fox. And they never stopped asking themselves that question. Are we going in the right direction? Is this really what we should be doing? And they weren't asking it about their bosses. They were asking it about the audience. Are we serving the audience? Yeah, I think that's such a great point, right? I think we have to stay curious and you have to like change also, I feel like in our industry, right? Because <laughs> there can be 17 algorithm updates in one day and, you know, it's a lot to keep up. Or an industry shift, right? An entire yeah. industry shift, which is what happened with COVID. So you have to be able to adapt and you have to be able to change gears. So you touched on that, this Fox story, but like, what are some other personal experiences that you had or observations that you had in the past that led you to believe that there was kind of these groups of personality types that really seem to excel more than perhaps other personality types? Sure. It's, I think what was fascinating is that it's both agency and client side for me, because I've worked both. I've worked as a consultant for clients. I've worked on the agency side. I've started an agency. I've got my own consultancy. So I think what really drove it home for me was the last agency that I worked for with, I should say, is that, and I'm going to name drop him and he'll be really frustrated. Scott Clay, who started Addison Interactive, he's got a left brain, right brain. But what he was able to do was to adapt and say, okay, I was really good at starting this agency, but we've reached this point. And that's usually around five years. And I am sure if you think about any of your friends or yourself, anybody that has started an agency, and Brian Fanzo talks about this as well, there's that point where your innovator that started that company, that creative person that started that company, reaches the plateau of what they can do to bring that agency forward. Oh, wow. And what Scott was able to do without anybody telling him was to say, I need to step away from these responsibilities and put somebody who can handle that better because I want to go be curious and I want to go innovate over here. And that's what he did. And he pivoted within his own agency. His example is one of the, the ones I use the most. And he hates it when I do this. <laughs> Here's how you can make mistakes. You can stumble. You can be curious. You can be innovative. You can do all of those things. And you still need the team around you. But more importantly, you have to be self-aware. You have to know when you've reached the peak of what you can do on that path for your agency. doesn't mean that you leave the agency. 
It just means you step off that path and find what else makes you curious, makes you feel creative, makes you feel innovative. And that's, I think, the thing that really drove me home. And I was so fascinated about with our pre-pod conversation. What really fascinated me about this, and I've thought so much about it over the past couple of weeks, is that you have to constantly be those things. So you could be one of these personalities, you could have a combination of these personalities, but you have to constantly be pursuing those aspects of your work, of your agency. And it's, it isn't as simple as this, but there's, you know, there's a motto that my friends laugh at me because I, I use it all the time, which is, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. And that doesn't mean that you have to have fun at the dregs or that every day has to be fun or that slinging fries is going to be fun. But you have to find the fun. And this is where the curious comes in and the the progressive comes in. You have to find that in your job and you will be blown away at the most banal job where you can find fun if you just are curious about it. And if you own an agency you are responsible for doing that, not just for yourself, but for your team. That means you have to have people help you, but you are responsible for leading that. You can't just get bogged down in the day-to-day of what your agency is. And that's that moment where you have to step back and say, I need a COO or I need a manager so I can lift the team. I'm totally aligning with what you're saying because I I was a little late on my journey, but about two years ago, which would have been 10 years in, I kind of got to that place finally. It took me double the time essentially. And I was like, you know, just feeling stagnant and stuck and uh, decided to bring my husband on as kind of the CFO and the CSO, chief service officer. And everything like propelled forward almost in like warp speed. Yes. Once I, once I realized I needed to let go. Yeah. It lifts a burden off of you. And it is a burden because what started off as being something probably that wasn't a problem becomes a burden. And then being who we are as human beings, the minute that you recognize it's a burden, it becomes double the burden. It's very hard to get out from underneath that. The minute you yes. say to yourself, oh, this is really tough. Well, then it's really tough. Then every day is a slog. And that's not what you want. That's, that's not why you started your agency. You started your agency for whatever vision, whatever excitement, fun, gap need that you felt that you could fulfill, you don't need to lose that. Even if you fulfilled that gap, in digital in particular, I've seen so many cycles and this happens just in entertainment also. So if you've got, if you're in entertainment, there's this parent cycle of the business itself. Then there's digital within that. Within digital, there is a cycle where the new and the exciting becomes the traditional, becomes, you know, the big brother. So in my lifetime, because, hey, I'm Gen X and I'm old, is that, you know, Google, Facebook, Amazon, all these guys were the upstarts, were the rebels. And when I started, they started just about five, six, seven years after I was started in, in, at that time, of course, what was called just online, that they were the rebels. They were not the man. You know, they weren't the corporations. And now what you're looking at is that they're the corporations. And it was the same in gaming. I mean, it was one of the reasons why... I've got, it's funny, now I'm going back into gaming, but I'm going back into tabletop gaming. So client ah. who's a tabletop game developer. So it's really fun. Everything comes full cycle. But one of the reasons why I backed off is 
I had Sony and Ubisoft and all these amazing clients. And I got to work with Midway and I got to work on Mist. But it got that they were not the rebels anymore. They became very corporate. And the minute that they became so corporate, I was right back to having clients that had 14 layers of approvals. And I mean, you would think of all industries that digital for video games would have been super innovative. But I could, I, you know, and this is, this is that self-awareness. I could see that I was not making that message. One of my best friends who started a company, Matt Zimzik at the time, he was able to get through to them. He was able to say, hey, we're going to do this really cool AR thing. And they would listen, but they weren't listening to me. So you have to say, okay, I can fight this fight or, hey, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to go to other clients. Those cycles happen in digital even faster than they do in the entertainment industry. So you have to be able to say everything that was new is old. And, oh, wait, look, email marketing's back. Okay, cool. I mean, I, I was laughing so hard the other day. Our open rate for the newsletter for one of my clients is 36%. Wow. What? Okay, <laughs> cool. Very cool. I have no problem. Let's let's leverage. Let's go for it. Let's do it. What can we do that's new and different with newsletters? But you have to be aware of that and you have to be willing to shift. And I think that's when I was talking about the innovator and the progressive. That's the ability to shift, to adapt, to change gears very quickly. So your innovator is looking for that. The progressive can help the team do it. I love that. Well, let's so let's dig into the personality type. So there's the progressives, the creatives, the curious and the innovators. How do each one of those personality types contribute uniquely to being a really successful agency owner, in your opinion? Yeah. And, and you know, one of your other questions, if you don't mind, I'm going to combine them, is that you don't have to be all of these or just one of these. Mm -hmm. but I, and I wanted the second part of this is if you don't think you are how you can get there. But the first part is. There's almost a priority order to it. Your innovator is the one that is always looking for what's the new technology, what's the new platform, what's the new business practice. So, and I'll, that's the thing. These don't just apply to digital per se. They, they apply to business practices. So it doesn't matter what industry you're in. So any of your listeners who are in consumer packaged goods or who are in automotive, for instance, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. What, it, what it's about is both digital marketing and about your industry. So what's innovative in your industry, what's new in your industry, and what's new in digital? And you have to be looking for that. You have to be looking ahead, especially if you are an agency owner, because it's your job to go back to the client who whatever industry they're in and say, I just read that there was this breakthrough in beauty products, and I think we should do something about that with this influencer who is already there for us. If your innovator would be paying attention to that. Now, that innovator, that innovation gene can be across any number of positions. So again, none of these personality types are just an agency owner. You could be doing this within your division or department on a client side, on an agency side. And that leads you to the, to the creative. So your creative person is not your creative director. It's not, you know, that's not just who I'm talking about. It isn't the person who's the graphic designer it's someone who can be, again, creative in thinking of how can we apply what our innovator just thought of, what they just brought to the table, and how can we make that be something that hasn't been seen before? Or if it has before, we put a different spin on it. 
that project that they just brought us, that client that just brought us that problem, how can I be creative in problem solving this? So you could be a project manager, you could be the creative director, you could be a graphic designer, you could be the developer, it doesn't matter. You have a creative gene because you are doing something every day that you're trying to create something new that is problem solving. Uh, producers, especially project managers, especially. and owners, that's what you do every day. The next is the progressive. So what the progressive does is it's almost more the business practices side. What they're doing is they're taking what all of that has filtered through and said, okay, how do I push forward? How do I push our agency forward? How do I push our client forward? How do I push my team forward? How do I make my team think of communications, intercommunications, interdepartmental communications? And and here's the one that people forget. How about cross-functional? Yeah. A lot of agencies that I've worked at that, that I really had, I struggled with this, is that everything was siloed. So your client services, your project management, your creatives, your developers, your production, everybody was siloed. And it was up to your client services and account manager to be the person that connected the dots. That doesn't work. You have to be cross-functional in how you're getting your team. Now, if you're a small agency, that's already happening. <laughs> I mean, that's just, you're already wearing multiple hats, probably. Yeah. And, you know, your quote-unquote account manager is also project manager, creative director, and quite possibly the website director. I mean, you know, you never know what they're doing. But that may come naturally when you're small. As you get bigger and you start to silo, it's up to that progressive personality, either your side of that personality or someone else who's good at it, to make sure that that is a consistent theme. Don't lose that as you grow, because unfortunately it happens. The, 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 the nature of business practices of infrastructure in an agency is that you have to have the infrastructure. The downside to that is people stop being curious. And that leads me to the last one is that this one is so easy. And this is the one that I would tell anybody if they think that they aren't any of those other three personalities or they don't think they have that spark for those three personalities. Okay, cool. Not everybody's up for that. Not everybody wants to go be a consultant. I have a best friend. She tried it. Oh my God, she hated it. And she went right back to studio side. It, it doesn't mean you have to do this. But the, the beauty of these personality types is it doesn't matter if you're an agency owner or a consultant, use these within whatever aspect that you're working. If it's client side, if it's agency side, if it's a department, it's a division, it's a small business, be curious, go talk to people, walk by somebody's office and say, you know, I don't know what you do. And I don't care if you are 22 fresh out of college or 55, Go in and ask somebody, be curious. The worst that's going to happen is you get the brush off. Okay. And and look, sometimes what happens with the brush off is a month later, they come back to you and say, you know what? I really thought about that. I didn't mean to brush you off. It was a bad time. I'd love for us to go get coffee. I've had that happen so many times where someone just was like, oh, you know, really, Jen, it's not a good time. Okay, cool. And then they came back to me and said, you know what? I'd love to tell you what I do. Nobody ever asks me that. Yeah, And it is the perfect way to get yourself in a position to become self-aware about what interests you, to have the process of elimination. Oh, yeah, that CFO thing. 
nope, not what I want to do. I am not that side. The accounting, the manager, mm -mm, that is not me. Or, oh my God, I didn't realize how cool that job was. Would you say that you would give the same advice? It feels like, you know, let's say I was was thinking about starting an agency or I'm I'm new to maybe leading an agency. It sounds like that would be the first place to start with the be curious. Would that be your best advice there to kind of self-assess? Absolutely. And it's, it's, I actually, I do a seminar for graduates and for graduate program in digital. And I tell them that it doesn't matter what you think you want to do right now. Be curious, be as open as you can. You aren't in a nursing program. You're not in a, you know, internship for, a, you know, a residency for a doctor or the uh, pre-law. You're in entertainment or you're in digital marketing. Literally, the world is your oyster right now. So therefore, you have to be curious about everything that you think would be cool to go check out. And that's, that is a way whether you are 22 or 55, because it's, we aren't in an industry that stagnates. We are not in an industry that is an assembly line. We are not an industry that you, you, I mean, I've spent my whole career in entertainment, but I'm not spending my whole career at one company. And it is unlikely, even if you aren't someone who is an entrepreneur that wants to go out and start your own thing, you still probably aren't going to be at the same company your whole career. So what interests you? What makes you curious? Whether you're 22, 33, 44, or 55, what is it that you are curious about? Look around. There are people toiling right next to you who have super secret goals in life, and you don't even know because you haven't asked them. And you never know what that would result. You two could go off and partner and create a company. And if you'd never asked, it wouldn't happen. Yes. Well, that's a nonprofit thing. In another life, I was a nonprofit. And that's what we would always say. The key is to ask, right? A lot of us just don't ask enough. So, okay, you know, without a doubt, how much energy goes into starting, leading, managing an agency. And beyond these four personality traits, what are some of the skills, must-have skills that that you think an agency owner should have? Right. It's it's tough. It's it really this is the part that's hard. It's the patience and determination. That question comes up a lot about what's the hardest part? It's having the patience to understand that there will be ups and downs. And you have to believe the determination that you can get through the down parts to get to the next up. My grandfather was World War II vet, and he used to call it PPD, patience, perseverance, and determination. That the only way you can do the things that you want to do, if you want to be out there beating your own drum the way you want to do it, then you have to have the patience, you have to have the perseverance, and you have to have the determination. And those are the things that underlie all the other personality types. The personality types will get you started. Yeah. They're the ones who will essentially start the fire. But what keeps it going is going to be those three. And as an agency owner, you have to have that unique chemical mix to do it. What is different is that not every personality of someone who starts a company or as an agency owner is exactly the same type of personality. It's not a cookie cutter because it depends on the industry they want to get into. It depends on the type of marketing they want to do. But what is consistent is that patience, determination, perseverance, because no way can you keep doing it. And I've been doing it for 25 years 
if you didn't have the determination, okay, that was tough. I know there's an outside. I know I'm going to get to the other side of this. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about it a little bit. So surely you've faced challenges in your journey. I'm assuming it wasn't all unicorns and rainbows. So give us some examples of how you used PPD to kind of, you know, persevere, be resilient and keep going. So, you know, early on and when I started, I stumbled, I made a mistake and I screwed up. And what was really important at that point was to humble myself to the client, but to be patient in how I approached that problem solving. Mm -hmm. Most times it's not the first answer. It's not the second answer. It's the 40th answer. And in addition to that, and this is really, really important, no agency owner is the Lone Ranger. You have to be able to rely on your team, whoever that is. I mean, I'm a consultant now and I own a small agency, a stable of people that I use, but there are different people that I rely on for different things. And I cannot do it by myself. Even as a consultancy agency, I'm not, I'm not out on my own. I couldn't do it by myself. And to get through those problems, you have to be able to rely on those people in your team to help you come up with that 40th answer. And then honestly, and that's the patience part. COVID was rough. I lost six contracts and they never came back. And 2019 into 2020, March 2020 was literally the peak of my career. I was making the most money I'd ever made. I had the best clients. I had chosen these clients and I lost all of it. And it's taken me until this past, I would say, I would say fourth quarter last year to feel like, okay, I'm back on the horse. This is, I, I got it. I think we're stable again. That was a long road. And that, I couldn't have done it without the support of my family, my team. But in addition to that, you really have to dig deep. You have to be determined. And here's where this, I love this interview for this reason is that I literally just went through this. I had to ask myself, okay, whew, this is tough. Do I still want to do this? Is this where I want to be? Is this the industry I want to be in? Well, those questions were fairly easy. When I, when I really sat down and asked myself those questions, honestly, yeah, I do. I love what I do. And I love being in this industry and I'm a huge geek. So how beautiful is this that I get to do this? Okay. How I was doing it, is that how I want to do it anymore? Nope. I was working 75 hours a week, 60 to 75 hours a week. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And my kids at college, so there wasn't any problem there. My husband's a teacher, so we have kind of the same hours. So none of it was taking away from my family, but I didn't want to do it. It was burning too much. And so what this allowed me to do was to sit down, be patient with myself and say, okay, I'm going to have to take some jobs I don't necessarily care about so we can survive financially. And then I need to ask myself along the way, what am I curious about? What's going on in the industry? And as soon as I started diving into what was happening, it was like, oh, there's some cool stuff that's happening that I had known, I was reading about, was on my periphery, but okay, this is really cool. And that became the curious, that became the innovation. And I, I shifted what I was doing. I've shifted who my clients are. I went to a bunch of cons and started asking a lot of questions to people that I admire. And that got me to another side. It was sheer holding on by my fingertips sometimes. 
but it got me to the other side. And now I've got clients that I would never have thought of 10 years ago. I've got authors and tabletop gamers, and I still have studios and fandoms that that's, that's what I do, but I've just shifted some of the creative types that I'm working with. Yeah. So much fun. Gosh, I have, I have so many questions outside of this, but let's stick to where we are. Okay. So I'll just admit my patience has grown very thin <laughs> of late. Yeah. So knowing that that's a, you know, a personality trait or a skill that we need, how do you address patience when it comes to the fact that like we were talking about earlier, this industry and being an agency owner, I mean, it, there's changes constantly happening. So how do you maintain patience when we work in an industry like we do? Yeah. And it's, you know, it's tough too, because we just, I just had a client problem come up this week and I was not as patient as I should have been with it. Honestly, again, I go back to, you have to have a team because when you can't personally handle that particular client, because they are micromanaging or they are not listening to you, you need to have somebody that you can talk to. It can be one person, it can be a team, but you have to have somebody that you can talk to so that you can problem solve it. Because the patients can't always be from your well internally. It just you will run out of patients. That's human nature. And what we do requires, especially what we do, requires an enormous amount of handholding. And so there is a point at which you need to have somebody hold your hand and say, okay, let's do some deep breathing. Let's back up. Is this really a big a problem as you feel it is? Is it smaller? Do we need to just come at this a different way? And you can't always be the person that's checking yourself. That's That burden is too heavy. And that's one of the things I think as an agency owner that we have to be very, very careful of, that we don't do the Lone Ranger thing with it. We're trying to do it by ourselves, that we're trying to solve it because you will lose patience, not just with your clients, but with your team or whomever you're working with. So you don't want to get to that point. And we've all done it. And then it happens. And that is human nature. And the only way to, you know, basically take the top off that steam that's happening is to do two things. What can you do that relieves that pressure for you? Is it something physical? Is it reading? Is it taking a break? Is it going for a walk around? I'm serious. I mean, this is something that I I took a long time. I was I was like, whatever, I can handle it. And nope, I get up and I go walk around or I go read a book or I, you know, watch Ahsoka. I do something that takes my mind off for a half an hour. That's it. It's one half hour. And it is I have friends who can do the nap thing. I, I can do that sometimes. That's not it's not my that doesn't refresh my energy or refresh my patience at all. It just makes me want to go back to bed. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever it is that does it for you, find what that is for that 30 minutes or 20 minutes, but it can't be 10 minutes. It's got, there's, it's just a research scientifically proven. It has to be 20 to 30 minutes to allow your brain to reset so that you can come back to that problem. So that's what you can do for yourself. The second thing is, is that you have to be able to rely on somebody else when you cannot solve that problem. When you've lost that patience, you have to have someone else that you can turn to and say, I need you to look at this for me, or I need you to handle this for me. We're not really good at that. As agency owners, we tend to want to do everything ourselves. It, I go back to that five year where you need to handle hand off those management pieces to somebody. 
it's a very hard thing because entrepreneurs start their companies because they are that type of person. They're innovators, they're creative, they're progressive, they're curious, and they want to do this. Well, that also means that sometimes you have to apply that to your team, and that's hard. And that is that one-two punch that you have to practice. Practice, and that's the patience. It's practicing, practicing, practicing. It makes it, it, makes it as close to perfect as you're going to get. Agreed. So based on that, because I feel like this kind of builds on what you were just saying, how do you look at collaboration in our world, right? It's obviously key. You were just talking about how important it is to have kind of that, that person or those people who you can delegate to or talk to or outsource things to. So knowing all of these personality types are very different how do you encourage these personality types or agency owners in, in general to collaborate and work together versus be competitive? It is hard. There is no secret sauce because it depends, obviously, on each team. I, I've had very radically different teams. I've had ones that fell into it really easily at one agency and then another one we had to work really, really hard. I do believe there's a key to it. And I think that the key is that as the agency owner, it is your job to find what are the strengths and weaknesses of your team. It's a big puzzle. And how can you best fit them together? And don't just presume that you're going to figure that out because you've asked these people to be part of your agency already. You have to actually sit down and think about it. And you have to talk to them. Again, be curious about who they are. You think you know them. You ask them to be part or you've interviewed them to be part of your agency. You don't. You don't know them until you're in the middle of a project and challenged by something. So do your best to ask them questions about what do they like? What are they interested in? What's their goal? Because if their goal in life is to do something that is radically different than what you have planned, they're not the person to hire. And you should be asking that question early on. If you've already got your team together and you're in the middle of a project, take a beat. Look at what each of them are doing naturally. And if you're in the middle of a brainstorming session, Who's coming up with the crazy idea? Who's the one that gets up and organizes everything and puts, you know, the, the sticky tapes up on the window for the ideas or the whiteboards? Each one of your people are doing something without even thinking about it that if you're paying attention can identify to you their strengths. Literally, just think about those brainstorming sessions. You've got the person who's drawing on their pad. You've got the person who's sitting there doing the research as you're talking. Oh, yeah, you know what? We do that. This agency did that idea. There's the person who gets up and draws and puts all of the ideas down on the whiteboard. There's the, so each person almost naturally starts to do what comes best to them. It may not be what they want to do, but it is a strength. You as the agency owner to start matching those strengths together to put people together so that they can be the best team that, that you want to have. And then equally important, you have to look at what the weaknesses are and you have to be honest with your team about what your weaknesses are. Or, and this is an old boss put it this way, you don't say strengths and weaknesses, you say things that I'm good at, things I haven't learned to do yet. Uh, I like that. You know, I'll be the, I'm very Irish. You know, everybody's got a fatal flaw. I mean, it's very Irish, right? But, you know, there's the thing that I'm always going to do. It's just my vice. It's the way it is. But I liked the way that he had put that because what it says that, again, it feeds into paying attention to your team. And it's if you're vulnerable to your team, which as owners, we don't do that well. 
you want to be in charge, you want to make sure that they see that you've got it. And we all know that decision by committee is fatal. So you have to make sure that you're doing that leading. But be vulnerable to your team and say, hey, guys, you know what? This problem is really stumping me. I don't know how to handle this. Do you have any good ideas? By doing that, you allow them to be vulnerable to you and show you what they need to grow at, what they need to be better at. And that then makes you a better leader because you can match them with someone who's stronger in that area. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I love that you say being vulnerable is so important. I think it's important in marketing in general, but especially as an agency owner, you know, and in life, I mean, your best relationships, right? It's kind of a t- the tenant of any relationship is to be vulnerable so you can learn about each other and, and move forward. So I love that point. So my fatal flaw actually would be spatial reasoning. We we went to um, I went to a store with my friend and her daughter the other day, and there are these blown up like pool rafts. We were going to get two because Daisy wanted two. And she was like, are you sure these are going to fit in the back of your car? I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're totally going to fit. Like she should know being my friend that my spatial reasoning is not there. And so let me tell you, it was pouring down rain and we're trying to stuff these two blown up floaties into the back of my car. Needless to say, we had to stand in the rain and kind of deflate one of them. So yeah, I do. We all have those fatal flaws though. Just own it, be vulnerable. And I should have said, you know what? I am the worst person to ask if these are going to fit because I have no clue. (laughs) I love that. That's amazing. And that's a perfect example of being able to say, you know, this is just not my area of expertise. And, and, and I frankly, I don't think it's something that I'm going to be able to learn. So you know what? I'm going to hand this off to somebody else. For sure. So let's bring it home for the people who are listening or watching. And they are saying to themselves, I don't have any of these personality traits. I don't fit into one of these four personalities. You know, what does this mean about me being an agency owner or wanting to start my own agency? What would your advice be to those people? The number one thing is don't ever say that to yourself. Everybody has some aspect of these personality traits. So there's a couple of different things that you want to look at here. It's not just one thing. The be curious is the most important because let's say you say to yourself, none of these are anything that I have. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to feel this. Maybe this isn't for me. Okay, cool. But there's something that you're interested in. So is it that you, what's the thing that you're passionate about? What is it that you love? It could be making models. It could be sports. It could be makeup. It could be fashion. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Be curious about that. So that's your number one. Everybody's curious. It could be that you want to know what the new book is. Don't presume that being curious is limited to a business practice. It's just opening your world that one more step. You could be someone who is extremely introverted. You could be somebody who's extremely extroverted or somewhere in the middle. Just start simply. If you have always wondered about something, gee, I wonder what that's like. Fill in the blank. Ask somebody. That's it. Or just do some research on it. Just start super simply with that. You will be blown away how that breaks open your world. Asking somebody is the best 
because it is amazing how quickly your world opens up when you just ask somebody. And it can't it start simple if you want. Ask your best friend or, you know, ask the team member and ask them something that you don't know about them. So you can start simply so it isn't, you know, throwing yourself in the deep end. But work yourself up to asking your boss or your boss's boss. I mean, I just went in and asked my boss's boss, hi, you don't know me. Do you have a minute? And A, it was a woman. So sure, she said yes, because that's what we're trying to do. Uh But she also was kind of taken aback. Like, why would you want to talk to me? It didn't occur to her that someone who was in digital marketing would want to talk to her about brand management. I didn't understand what brand management was. So she and I have become best friends. And you just never know where that's going to lead you. I got into this business because I was walking past a production designer's office who was working on the first version of Avid editing computer. And I thought that looked cool. So I just said, you know, hey, Mark, what's going on? What are you doing? And he said, oh, well, do you really want to know? I'm like, yeah, actually, I do. I think it looks really cool. And that's how I got into digital was because he was on a computer and we hadn't really been using computers as much. And that was that. And that was just me walking by somebody's office and it caught my eye. It could be that simple. Everybody can be curious about something. So don't feel like you have to have that gene, that personality trait. Just be curious. I couldn't agree more. Be curious, ask questions, listen to this show. I've learned so much just from hosting this show about agency owners and things. And it makes me even more curious, right? It does. Just being on podcasts, I've learned because people have different ways of approaching. I loved when you had this question because it was something that I hadn't really put together before. And how cool is that? I mean, I just was learning something from you about, oh, wait, this is a different way to look at it. Yeah. I know people are probably going to want to connect with you, whether they want to talk to you about entertainment or gaming or your personality types or whatever it may be. So where do you prefer people reach out and find you? You can always find me on LinkedIn. I pay a lot of attention on LinkedIn. I make a lot of connections on LinkedIn. Feel free to DM me there. You can also reach me quite honestly on social. I am on TikTok at Speak with Gray Hair, but I'm on Instagram and ugh, X and Fred's <laughs> at, I'm so sorry. I just like, uh, I, I mean, I'm still on it because there are weird little silo fandoms that I pay attention to that are still there. And I'm at J.S. Stiven at all of those at Instagram, X and Fred's. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your interesting journey with us. Amazing journey, if you ask me, his fellow geek, and for kind of cluing us in on what personality traits make really great agency owners. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you're new to the show, be sure to give us a follow. If you've been a long time listener, let your friends know about the show. I'm at Brooksellis on Instagram and Twitter. And for fun, make sure you tag at SM Examiner. Also, be sure to check out our other shows, the Social Media Marketing Podcast and the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. This brings us to the end of this week's Marketing Agency Show. We'll catch you next week as we explore the adventures of marketing agency life. The Marketing Agency Show is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company 
or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.